Awesome, awesome, awesome. Stay on your feet for one second. God is good, isn't he? How often is God good? Come on. Father, Lord, I thank you for every amazing person in this room. Every amazing person who's part of this church who's not in this room. Every amazing person who will listen online. Here's our prayer, Jesus. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. Don't know how to put it any other way, Father. Show us your glory. Lord, I pray that you'd meet every individual where they're at. That you'd reveal a little bit more of your goodness. You'd give us a bit more of your presence. You'd release a bit more of your power. So that we could genuinely be your church on fire. We could be the light on the hill that the city needs to see. We could represent you better, Jesus. And you would give some oomph to our Christian life. And all God's people said, Amen, Amen. Turn to three people and say, I'm glad you're here. You can grab a seat. Anyone who's a communicator in the room, a teacher or any of those things, you know that you need to say things in different forms. People need to see something, people need a video, a picture, they need to hear someone speak, they need to read something. There's all these different forms and what's great already, you know, we had a message online from Pastor Mark last week. Uh, my awesome mum has, has used that theme in our communion. Even the worship has been in that theme. Put your hand up if you receive an email from me every week called the, the Loop. Most people. If you don't receive that, can I encourage you even to use Paul's language, implore you to get that email. If you don't receive that email, go to a person in a red host team t-shirt after the service and say, I want to receive the Loop email. This is why it's important. Every week we send out information which is helpful for you to joining into church. But also I share a little thought and in the next few weeks I'm going to be sharing more thoughts on glory. It's another forum to help you grab hold of it. Are you with me? So get the Loop. And here's another thing. If you receive the Loop, read it. <laughs> just, just so you know. We have a very special system that we can see who reads it. I was chatting to the awesomeness that is I.O. Showway Mimo. And uh, he was saying, I get the loop. I said, I know, we see how often you open it. And it was the first time I've seen a black man go red. No, all jokes aside, we're never checking up on people. But read it, read it, apart from him. Hey, round of applause for Pastor I.O. Show. I'm going to call. Do you see what I did there? I.O. Show Mimo. Wow, wow. I don't know if that was prophetic or what there, but I went somewhere. Okay, the theme is the glory of God. God's challenged us, his church, to pursue his glory. I believe it's going to be life-changing for you, for your household, for your children, for us as a church, and for this city. Here's the theme verse. And grab hold of this, you know, write it out, get it on as a screensaver, put it on your fridge, read it every day, get it in you. Isaiah chapter 60 and verses 1 through 3, this is what it says. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. 
See, darkness covers the earth. Thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. We know, don't we, church, that we live in a dark time. Struggle everywhere. That is why we have food banks. That is why people are struggling. There's darkness. But guess what? God's the answer. And God presents his answer through the church. You carry the answer. And the people don't just need good ideas and good conversation. They need something of the power of heaven to be revealed to them. So that's why this idea of glory is so, so important. You need to be a glory carrier. Give the person next to you a good dig in the ribs and say you need to be a glory carrier. Most of you who have heard me preach lots of times, and I know we like to put people in boxes and you probably put me in one, but probably my average style is, is probably life application Bible teaching, which is inspirational to you. Make sure you want to go out and grab, grab life by the scruff of the neck. I think that's probably my lane. I can do other things. But here's the thing. In this series, we need to go slow. I need to create some platforms. We need to understand what the Bible says. We need to get hold of it. Are you with me? So I don't want to rush ahead because I don't think we can yet handle what God wants us to handle in September. But I think if we go together and we step by step get a hold, get some real understanding, get some theology around it, start to expand ourselves, pursue the glory a bit more. Come September, what could God do through people like me and you? Are you with me? So let's go with it slowly. There may be people in this room who fully understand the glory of God and walk in it. God bless you. Keep demonstrating that. But there will be people in this church who haven't got a clue. And guess what? We're in this together. So let's not rush ahead. Let's get everyone to say, come on, we're on this journey together. Let's help each other. Are you with me? Awesome. The glory of God. Wouldn't it be amazing if our lives actually carrying the glory of God not just a a word in the Bible not just an idea but we lived like that you see I feel like the Christian life should be the most exciting life on the planet and when you walk in the glory of God I promise you it has to be the most exciting life on the planet when you start experiencing unusual favor when doors fling open for you that aren't flinging open for anyone else when you are praying for people and you are seeing them physically healed in front of your eyes when miraculous events are are hanging all around you and you're like what on earth is going on that is the glory of God being manifest through you and when your friends and family don't yet know Jesus look at that they have to say wow how comes it's so good for you? And you say, yeah, but my Jesus, he's here and now he's manifesting. And when I say manifesting, displaying heaven on earth through little old me in Colchester. I'm not better than you, but you know what? I've pursued his glory and now we're seeing something. Come on, your life should be so, so exciting. And I'm going to believe 2023 will be a standout year for you where your Christianity is going to go to another level and you're going to be well happy about it. Yeah? I enjoy weight training. It's one of my little guilty pleasures. Some people hate the gym. I love it. And for anyone who's a a gym guy, the 100 kilo bench press is usually the holy grail. Everyone needs to be able to bench press 100 kilos. I believe most people in this room could do that, actually. (laughs) The reality is you can't now. Um, If you went into the gym and put 100 kilos on the bench and lay down underneath you, you're probably going to do this and have crushed ribs. 
But I think if you started off at 20 kilos, and the following week you went to 22 kilos, and the following week you went to 25 kilos, I believe in six months' time you would be bench pressing 100 kilos because you grow in it. And this is the same with the glory. Maybe right now we can't handle the level of glory God wants for us, but could we start somewhere? And as we take a little step forward and a little step forward, wonder what in six months' time might look like for a church who keep at it. We can handle stuff. The Hebrew word for glory is a word kabod. You will find it on the screen here. Touch three people and say kabod. The reason I get you to do that kind of stuff is because I want you to get it in you. That's what's important. You get Isaiah chapter 60 verses 1 through 3. You'd already forgotten it, hadn't you? Isaiah 60 verses 1 through 3. It's our theme verse. The Hebrew word for glory is what? It's right there. Kabod. Get it in you. Kabod. Probably in Hebrew it's Chabod. Get it from the back of your throat. But this is what it means. We translate the word glory as splendor and beauty. But it actually means to be heavy and weighty. It's linked with the character of God's goodness. It's who he is. When you look at it even more, it's, it's to do with wealth and power and influence and splendor and greatness. And it's the character of God wrapped up in all this stuff. Sometimes English words can't quite do it justice, but Hebrew words are much more descriptive. And so when, when a Hebrew person says kabod, they get all this picture. If you want to boil it down to one thing, it's weighty. It's something, it's the heaviness, it's, it's meaningful. And it's all of these attributes of God put into one place. So my analogy of lifting weight is actually quite applicable to this. Because could we carry the weight of God in our lives, which actually gives us a display of heaven on earth? Are you with me? My title today, if you like titles, and I do, is this. I love your outfit. Look to the person next to you. Look them up and down and go... Love your outfit. Love your outfit. Who knows, for most people, if you get invited to a night out, you are going to consider what to wear. Men, if you're married to a lady who likes to look good, they are going to try at least 16 outfits on and then probably buy a new one. You're considering the environment. You're considering who's going to be there. You're considering what the purpose of it is. So you wear the correct outfit. And once you've chosen your outfit, you strut into the environment and you're really hopeful that everyone's going to take a look and go, Oh, I love your outfit. And then you're going to act all cool like you just threw it on. <laughs> oh, this little thing that I spent a million pounds on in Phoenix. People care about stuff like that. Who knows it costs? Even day-to-day -day outfits. Have you got any clue about how much a pair of Jordans costs? I know this because I've got two teenage children. You can be spending in excess of £400 on a pair of Jordans just so they're wearing the right outfit. Are you with me? Praise the Lord, Josh earns his own money now. <laughs> Evie's doing the hoovering like no one's business to earn some pocket money. People value outfits. It's important to some people. But who knows it's important to consider the occasion before you put the right outfit on. What about 
the occasion is an ice hockey match and you turn up in a rugby kit. You might be the most ice hockey player on the planet, but when you turn up on the ice in a rugby kit, you are going to be useless. You're going to be slipping over, skidding, tottering about, looking like an absolute wally. You've got the wrong gear on. So my question to you is this. What is the right outfit for life? What's the right outfit for life? Consider this verse, Psalm 8, verses 4 through 5. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? Speaking of the Father. Human beings that you care for them. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. Turn to the person next to you and say, crowned with glory and honor. Here's the thing, that word crowned, we're straight away thinking of something you put on your head. But in reality, it means to be encircled for protection. It's an, it's an idea of you're cloaked in something. It's all around you. So God's starting point for humanity was we, we would be encircled, clothed, crowned in his glory. That was our starting position. It's interested in Genesis chapter 2, verse 25, we find that Adam and Eve are in the garden. It says this, they were naked and knew no shame. Because when they were made, they knew nothing else but to be crowned by the glory of God. So they, in their eyes, they weren't naked at all. They were crowned, they were clothed, they were encircled by the glory of God, the weightiness, the character and goodness, the presence, the splendor, his majesty, the wealth, the influence, all of that was just their normal. So they didn't look at each other and go, ha, ha, look at you. They were like the glory. That is our normal. They were crowned by the glory of God. But we know what happens. They sinned. God gave them one task, one, just one. Don't eat from that tree because that shows that you honor me. Okay, yeah, we can do that. They couldn't do that. And when they ate from the tree, it dishonored God and brought a separation. It was sin. What then happens? Let's have a look. Genesis 3, verses 6 through 10. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man, Where are you? He answered. I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Wow. So their normal, their creative position was to be wearing, carrying, crowned with, encircled by the glory of God. What happened when they sinned? The glory was removed from them. They stepped away from the glory, their choice. They stepped away from the glory of God. And the result of that was when God showed up with his glory, man's natural response was to hide and be ashamed and afraid. God's got a problem. And I love God's grace right here. Genesis 3.21, the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. God could have said, what on actual earth are you doing? 
But he saw they'd made a mistake and he says, okay, I'm going to get about rectifying this. Notice, man sins and then hides from the glory of God. God straight away starts making preparations on how he can reposition us. He made clothes for them to cover their shame. We spoke about that just now. This is already a picture of God's love, forgiveness, and acceptance. He kills an animal, he sheds the blood, and he covers their shame. We know this is a picture of what's to come. Jesus died, sheds his blood, and it covers our shame. Are you building the picture here? This is in Genesis. God's showing what's going to happen much later. I wonder whether mankind's been hiding from God ever since. Even pointing at him, blaming him. The state of the darkness of our world, God, where are you? You're supposed to be God. Why are people suffering? Why is it all happening? Well, when I show up, you hide. You're afraid of me. I made you for glory. And yet you want to do it your way. Here's the thing. We're so proud of our coverings. We hide in them. I'll spend 400 quid on my shoes because I look good. But where's the glory? I'll pick out my outfit for the, for the occasion. But where's the glory? And get me, hear me now. I'm not anti-fashion or although I like to wear nice clothes too. You probably do. That's not my point. My point is the glory is the most important. And mankind has been hiding ever since. The fashion industry is worth billions and billions and billions of pounds. Yet it leads people and humanity to dissatisfaction. Whereas if we could realize that our original state was to be crowned with glory, the splendor and weight and fullness of God that brings satisfaction, that was where we're supposed to be. You were made to be crowned with glory. You were made for that. So as God's highlighted us to go after the glory this year, it's not something we're trying to make up. God made us that way. But who knows that what we focus on grows, what we feed grows. So as we give it attention this year, it's going to grow in us. Praise God, Jesus is our great restorer. Romans 3 verses 23 and 24 says this, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that, Christ, that came through Christ Jesus. Here you are. We were made for glory. We mess up. We've fallen short of the glory. But Jesus stepped in and said, one time and once and for all, I'm redeeming you. I'm covering you in my blood. We don't need to keep shedding animals. It is done. It is finished. We celebrated it just now in communion. It is finished for you. So now we are positioned to walk in the glory again. And we need to appropriate some of that. You know, because we're able to, to, to celebrate in glory, what I don't mean is everybody stripped naked because <laughs> we're crowned by the glory. Come to my church. <laughs> I know how to clear a room. But spiritually speaking, spiritually speaking, we can carry the weight of God. Come on, that has to change lives. That has to change your life. You know, having this power and majesty and character of God around you all of the time. Being your normal. Walking in his presence all of the time as your normal. That's got to change you. And here's the thing. The God that you know will be the God you show. As you spend time with him and get to know his character his goodness, it gets in you and it starts to be what you display. You think, if you think God's an angry God, you're going to display an angry God. But if you know God as your loving Father, 
you're going to display a loving father to a world that is desperate to need to know a loving father. He loves you. He demonstrated it through his son on a cross that says, I can see the darkness you're in. I can see you're hiding, you're afraid, and you're fearful, and you're covering yourself up. But I love you. I paved the way for you to come into my glory again and experience the fullness of life that I always wanted you to have. We've been struggling and striving and trying to make it on our own. He's saying, just accept it and walk in glory all over again. I love Jesus. Here he is speaking to his father in John 17, verse 22. says this, I have given them glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. Jesus is even saying it. I've given it to you. It's yours. Just take it. Walk in it. Understand it. And if God is highlighting this stuff to us as a church in 2023, will you focus on it? Could it be your prayer every morning? Show me your glory, Lord. Take me on a journey with you. Help me to grasp this thing. Because it's big, isn't it? It's vast. There's so many words around it. But we've tried to pin it down and make it a little bit easier for us because we're just ordinary people. And we're pulling it down to his goodness, his power, and his presence. If you can remember those things, maybe you could start saying to yourself, Lord, show me your goodness. Show me your goodness. And what we're really saying there is show me your character. Show me who you are. Show me what it's about. Such a powerful, powerful prayer. And here's the thing. It breathes life. It breathes life. I think we should be coming to church every week, and it's my hope for 23. We're coming with stories every week. Oh, wow, the goodness of God this week was just off the charts. I can't wait to get to church and praise his name and say thank you. I can't wait to share my testimony. I can't wait to pray for someone else who's having a difficult time because I've got a testimony of his goodness and my testimony could become their testimony if I pass it on to them. Come on, church should be the most exciting place on the planet. Why? Because we're walking in and carrying the glory of God. And when you get people carrying glory of God together, it has to go to new levels. That's why the gathering's important. Are you with me? I like the idea of the glory being something only God can do. You, know, you can't get together and say, let's trump up the glory of God. Let's trump it up somehow. Let's whip it up. It's not that. It's God doing what only God can do. See, I think what happens is people find faith. They can point in their life where they have a revelation. Jesus reveals himself to them, and they're like, wow, I get it. I get it. I've thought all these things in the past, but now I get it. It's, it's the God of heaven, the creator of heaven and earth. He just loves me. And I'm created for purpose, and now I want to live for that purpose. And as you start getting into the things that excite you, you suddenly realize that God put those things in you in the first place. That you're gifted, and you're talented, and you have interests, and it's okay to be you. So often, church, I feel like we live in a world that's trying to be someone else, where God made you to be you, and that's the best version. Just be you. And as you start doing that, what happens? We have a thing we call anointing. Give me a wave of you at the anointing service two or three weeks ago. So good. And the anointing is God empowering people to go beyond what they could do on their own. So you may be a phenomenal artist and you sit down as a saved person saying, thank you, Jesus, I just want to paint and use my gift. And suddenly you find your, your talent just going to another level. It's the anointing of God. You might be a teacher and you're into teaching and you've studied and you want to present something that you know is going to be helpful to someone else. And as you start teaching it, you just find yourself going to new levels. It's the anointing and weight of heaven coming behind you. You can do things you couldn't do on your own. But then I believe there's another level. There is faith. 
there is gifting and there is anointing and then God steps in and says, Pastor Barry, that's awesome what you're doing there. Can I take over now? And I'm like, knock yourself out, Lord. And the glory comes. And I can do so much. And even under my anointing, I can do a little bit more. But God says, Barry, that's awesome. Can I step in now? And the glory comes. And it all just goes to levels you can't even appreciate because it's the glory of God. I could pray for you and I've got faith for healing and I could pray and we can see a measure of healing and then suddenly God says Barry can I just step in now and I'll go yeah you can't trump it up but you can say send us your glory and in he comes and only in the way he can and that is exciting and people need to see some of it when Pastor Mark spoke last week he talked about Moses it won't come on the screen, but you'll find this in Exodus first, uh, chapter 33. And it's where Moses goes up the mountain. And then he, he says to the Lord, show me your glory. Show me your glory. That is a brave, brave prayer. Show me your glory. But how does God reply? He says, get yourself in the cliff. Hide yourself a little bit because you're not going to be able to handle all this. Come on, Lord, challenge us to handle a little bit more of your glory. Now, I don't know where we're at right now, but could we handle a little bit more of his glory? And he says, J -j just cover your face. But he, then he says this, and it's important. He says, I'm going to let my goodness pass by you. It's just like, wow. I start thinking, what even is that? Well, we're going to boil it down to the power, presence, and the goodness. Let's talk about goodness. Well, what's that then? I wonder if I prayed a prayer that says, God, show me your goodness. What would that look like for me? Would it be a moment on my knees where God shows me the times he forgave me when I didn't deserve it? Would it be the times when I was stuck up against a wall and I didn't know what to do with it and I said, God, and he just made a way where there seemed to be no way? Was it the times when I desperately needed a friend and suddenly I get the phone call. These are the goodness of God. And I wonder if God sat you down and you said, show me your goodness. And suddenly a, a real tape of your life came forward. And you went, wow, oh yes, oh wow. Oh. Suddenly you're seeing a bit of the goodness of God. He said, show me your glory. And he said, I'll show you my goodness. And this is what happened. Moses becomes so bright in the face that the people became afraid of Moses. Years ago, I, I studied, after my football career finished, I studied health and fitness. And um, in the health and fit fitness degree, you're hanging out with people who are into health and fitness. <laughs> Clues in the title. And because of that, they're all into the way they look. And so it would be our regime to probably have three sunbeds a week. Back in the day when it wasn't, they weren't that good, the sunbeds, you know, uh, and I never used to wear the old eye cover things. And um, I managed to burn my eyelids. And when I say burn, they were the colour of the red T-shirts the, the host team wear, my eyelids. I would be walking around Tesco's, Sainsbury's and any other supermarket you might like. I was walking around one of them and people I didn't know would come up to me and go, your eyes all right, mate? Because my eyelids were so bright red because I'd burnt them to smithereens. People were taking notice. What would it take for us to be in the goodness of God so much that it became evident? That people, what is going on with you? Well, it's the goodness of God. 
Moses came down. And the people were like, whoa! So what did they do? They covered his face with a veil to tone it down a little bit. You see, when the goodness of God really shows up, people who don't know God suddenly get a bit freaked out. And I think the world needs a little bit of freaking out by the goodness of God. And it's going to be shown by who? By you. And that's why we need to talk about this kind of stuff. That's why we need to get it in us. That's why we need to commit to say, I'm pursuing your glory. Show me your glory in a way that's evident to me. All right, you don't need my story. You need your story. And you get your story by taking a moment in your week to say, Lord, show me your glory. Show me your glory. And just you watch your God come steaming in. Here's what I want to believe for. I think when you look on social media, when you listen to the news, when you talk to people in the workplace, so often Christians are mocked. You believe in a God you can't even see. Oh, well, you know, creation is obviously evolution. All these kind of stuff that come at you. And there's always good answers for those things if you look at the apologetics. But I believe as the church learns to handle the glory, there's going to be a new level of respect for you. That people will look at you and go, okay, well, I don't get it all but I can see something in you. And they won't be able to put language around it, but you will know, you will know, you will know it's the glory of God that is crowning you, covering you, resting on you. It's the weight of God in every situation. Imagine going into a difficult situation. Who knows, we've all got difficult situations, but you go in there with the weight of God behind you. You go in there with the splendor and majesty and authority of God going in there. You go in there, you don't go in there to be influenced, you go in there to influence because the glory you're carrying, it's life-changing, church. It's time for the church to grasp this stuff. Another thought, of all the people in Israel at the time, the Israelite people who were called out into the wilderness, how many of them did God love? All of them. How many of them did he show the glory to? One. Why? He loved them all. And I want to suggest it's this, only one of them went after it. Only one of them climbed the mountain. And here's the thing, we say that kind of stuff. He just climbed a mountain, but he climbed a mountain. I wonder what that picture looks like in your world. Maybe the mountain for you is to actually get out of bed at 6 a.m. instead of 7.30 a.m. and get on your knees before a God who loves you and says, I mean it. I don't know what your mountain looks like, but we've all got a mountain. And Moses took the time when no one else did to climb his mountain and say, God, show me your glory. And what happened? All the other people, they started making golden calves and weird stuff to worship. They got so sidetracked. But the one who said, show me your glory, came down and they were like, whoa. Come on, could we be a church full of people who make people go, whoa. There's something on you because you took time to seek his face and say, show me your glory. Show me what it's like to know your goodness, your generosity, your faithfulness, your brilliance, your splendor, your power and authority, and actually clothe myself in that. So it's not an experience once in time, it's how I live. Are you with me? It's such a great journey God takes us on because it's gone from hiding in the garden in fear because we've messed up and God shows up in his glory so we hide. Then God says, I'm going to take you on a journey. He makes for them some clothing. 
And then we find Moses going up the mountain, experiencing the glory of God and coming down, having to have a veiled face because it's freaking everyone out. And then it comes to Jesus who says, grasp this, my people. I'm hanging on a cross. I am the once and for all spotless lamb. I am shedding my blood to cover your shame. You never have to be shamed ever again. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what you do, think, speak or say. I don't know, but I know this. You are covered by the blood of Jesus. There is no shame. And if we could start thinking there's no shame, actually it's the motivation to get us out of doing those things, not because you've got to, but because you want to. I want to honour you, Lord, not because it's a rule, because it's in my heart to say thank you. And so now we don't have to live under shame. We're covered by the blood of Jesus. And here it goes to this, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That's a really famous passage, isn't it? And we often stop there. Who knows that when the Spirit of the Lord is, that freedom comes. That's why worship moments are so, because we can sense the, the presence of God, the Spirit of God is here. And suddenly we stop worrying about stuff. If you fully enter a worship moment, is it possible to hate the person next to you? No, because you are so focused on Jesus, there is no hate in you. Why? Because there's freedom to be you, and you weren't created to hate. Is it possible in, the, in that worship moment to think, oh, I'm going to go and have a great long bottle of vodka? I'm going to inject my veins with heroin. I'm going to pop over to the shop and steal some stuff. No, because you're so focused on the glory and goodness of God and there is freedom in that place to be you. And you weren't made to mess it up, you were made to win. And suddenly we find ourselves in this place of freedom. But it goes on. And we all, all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory we are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the spirit can you see the journey here's this we were in the glory of God it was our normal we messed up we removed ourselves from the glory of God God took us on a journey it ends up with Moses going up a mountain who receives so much glory that everyone freaks out so they veil his face Jesus sets us all free from that and now Paul is saying we can unveil our faces and show and demonstrate ever increasing glory to a world that needs to see it are you getting some theology in you are you getting some some Bible in you are you getting a journey into you because we need to grasp this stuff because if we can start laying a platform now, what will it look like in six months when we get it? Are you with me? Yeah. Touch the person that's next to you and say, it's time to get it. You are now positioned to live in ways that are God-driven. Let me put some words around that. Have you ever seen a news article where a child has been murdered? Sorry to get a bit deep, but we need to. A child has been murdered, and they bring the parents on, and they say, we forgive them. You ever seen those kind of stories? I look at those stories, and I, I, I weep. It's just like, wow, could I do that? My son or my daughter was murdered by some absolute lunatic. Could I go on there and go, forgive them, Lord? That is not normal, is it? That is not normal. I think I'm quite kind. I think I'm quite forgiving, but could I do that? But I want to suggest to you this. Those people are faith-driven. They have understood Jesus' forgiveness of them. 
They are making their best choice possible in their pain. But then God, because he's God, allows the glory to take over. And it shows people his goodness. That is the goodness of God. That is not normal. That is out there. But can you see, I know it's an extreme example, but can you see, people need to see something that is so extreme, it makes them go, whoa! But it's the goodness and character and power and authority and forgiveness and splendor and majesty of a loving God who lives in you. Are you with me? What about people who sacrificially give to the need of someone else? Uh, you know, have, have, uh, I see these things always pop up on my social media feeds. You know, there'll be someone begging on the street who clearly has nothing. And I know sometimes it's probably trumped up, but it's a good point. And someone comes along and, you know, they're asking, could, could, you give me a, could you give me some money for a cab? I'm stuck, this, that, and the other. And you'll get some business person walk by who clearly got money. And they say, could you just help me, please? And they're like, no. And then the beggar stands up and says, here's the five pounds that I've collected today. And I appreciate probably some of those things are made up. But the point is good. The point is here is someone who's got nothing, who is willing to sacrifice their nothing to give somebody something. That's the goodness of God. It's just not normal. Because most people think I need to look after myself. But when you get into the goodness of God, his glory takes over and you find yourself able to behave in ways that aren't normal, but bless people and show people a different spirit and show people something of the loving Father in heaven. What about those people who drop everything in their world just to meet your need? I'm stuck. I always remember I was on one of my first ever ministry trips and I was traveling from Heathrow and I had no way of getting home. And I reached out to the church and said, could someone help me? I've got to get up. The flight arrived in at 4 a.m. Now, I'm asking you right now, how many of you are turning up at Heathrow Airport at 4 a.m. this coming Wednesday to pick me up? Bless you, Jerry. Literally none of you bar Jerry. I used to like you. Now, I get that. It's not normal. You've got lives to live. But what the unusual glory does is, is I'm just going to make a way. And there was, uh, well, still is an awesome girl, um, Stephanie. And uh, she was a student at the time. And she said, Pastor Barry, I'd love to do that for you. And she turned up. She drove from Colchester as a student. She drove from Colchester to Heathrow. She was there with a smile on her face at 4 a.m. with a great big hug. Never forgotten it. Do you know why I've never forgotten that? Because I think it speaks of something of the glory of God. And it touched my heart. What could you do? When you go to God and say, show me your glory, shall we pin it down for this time being? Show me your goodness. Because it's so vast, isn't it? It's like, where do you start? Show me your goodness. Show me something of your character. And as he reveals some of his goodness to you, could you allow that to be your inspiration to go and show it to someone else? And not just do something kind, do something outrageous. Because then the glory comes in and says, yes! I will add my super to your natural and we will be living lives that just aren't normal but very, very exciting. Yeah. These are people living in faith in ways that honor God and display his glory through them. They're glory carriers. Could you be a glory carrier? And here's what I love about it all. Those kind of people never say, oh, aren't I great? I'm Stephanie didn't say to me, oh, I am the best person on the planet, aren't I? <laughs> they say things like this. Psalm 115, verse 1. This is my last verse. 
Not to us, Lord, not to us, but but to your name be the glory because you are the God of love and faithfulness. So in that moment, it's not about, look how great I am. It's actually, look how great you are. I couldn't have forgiven that person on my own. I couldn't have given to that person on my own. But you inspired me, Lord. And as I've done it, I pray it glorifies you. Are you with me? If we could have a keyboard or a good musician, that'd be helpful. Let me just land it here. One of the things I think we need to grasp, church, is that sin is what separated us from the glory in the first place. Now, our sin is covered. You got that? Your sin is covered. However, under that covering, you get a choice every day to honor God with your life or just to rely on his grace. And I want to say, I think God is saying, church, come on, can you mature? Can you stop doing that same old thing you know is wrong? Come on, is it time to grow up? You want to handle the glory? Can you handle your stuff? And yes, you're forgiven. And yes, grace covers you. I'm not saying it doesn't, but I still think there's a maturing that could happen. So we're not relying all on Jesus has done this for me, but we're growing up to say, I'm going to handle some of my stuff. Here's the language I want to use. Purity attracts presence. And presence reveals his glory. Church, what would it mean for you to be more pure and it'll be different for everyone we're all on our journey and literally no judgment here I am cheering you on we've all got our stuff but this next week this next month this next six months what would it mean for you to make choices that attract purity because as we start making choices of purity it will attract his presence And as we attract his presence, his glory comes with it. And it's when we get into that place that the world is going to go, whoa, you are glowing a bit bright for me. I don't get it, but whoa. And it's because there was a day in your world that you said, God, I'm making a new choice. I'm choosing purity. I'm choosing a moment on my knees to say, show me your glory. I'm choosing to get to know you better. I'm saying, God, could you display something of heaven through someone like me on earth so that yours is all the glory? Yours is all the glory. Are you with me? Where are you willing to make lifestyle changes to allow for purity? Such an important baseline for us. I know there's lots to digest, but my hope is that as you gather with anyone here, as you talk, as you study, you start to be looking for glory. You start to want to understand it more. You start to ask questions of each other. How, what does that mean to you? How are you, you know, going through this? How are you understanding it? Tell me your stories. Because together, we can go somewhere special. For years, God has said, be a light on the city of the hill. Be a light. And I think this is a part of it so bright in glory that people have to stop stop and notice in a world people need to see his glory and God wants to reveal his glory through you are you with me can I ask you to stand I'd love to pray for you
just want to invite you to close your eyes if, if you're willing that would be really cool Jesus show us your glory Lord show us your glory that's our prayer show us your glory Lord I pray for every individual just digesting some of these thoughts Father God Show them your glory in meaningful ways to them. Reveal your goodness and your character to them all over again. Let us be a people that get that so deep in us, it becomes our crown. Your glory encircling your people, protecting your people, surrounding us. Help us to live beyond ourselves, Father, and step into what only you could do. Some of you are going to move in healing this year in ways you've never experienced before. But it will start with a pure thought. It will start with a time on your knees saying, Lord, show me your glory. Think now of those people who are desperate for healing. They need you to win this one. They need you to be on your knees now saying, show me your glory, Lord. Take me to a new place where I can do what only you could do. Because the day will come when you meet that person who's desperate for healing and you're going to lay your hands on them and the glory of God's going to come and they will be well. It's worth it, church. many of you are probably in need of a miracle right now a different health report a financial breakthrough a relationship breakthrough a job change a shift in your children's behavior a change in your marriage I don't know I'm trying to put language around it but there will be people who need a miracle it starts on your knees in purity saying God show me your glory and we will begin to walk in the miraculous power of heaven the glory of God being revealed in your life there'll be people whose generosity goes to extreme levels which are just absolutely mind-blowing outrageous and it's not because you can do it or you're gifted it's because the glory of God takes over and gives you confidence to act on it show us your glory Lord show your church your glory I pray Holy Spirit even in this moment you could move amongst your people and you could put a fresh deposit in our hearts and minds to spike our interest to excite our faith to cause us to chase you down whatever mountain we need to climb Lord God just like Moses I pray Father God there'll be a yes in our heart to say I'm going there for your glory and just with every eye closed 
Is there anyone here today who says, I want to be right with Jesus? My starting point for pursuing glory of God is to have Jesus in my heart. Maybe you're not right with Jesus this morning. Well, I want to give you an opportunity to make a great choice and to say, Jesus, you are welcome in my life. Just with every eye closed, if that's you today and you'd like to pray a prayer that invites Jesus into your life, just give me a wave and I'm going to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you there. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you there. God bless you there. God bless you there. Thank you, Jesus. That's cool. You can put your hands down. Let's pray, church. Do you know what's so? We never take this moment for, for granted. Heaven is standing up and applauding as people get right with Jesus. Let's pray. I'll pray a line and then you pray after me. Father God, thank you that you love me. Today, I invite Jesus into my heart. Come and be my Lord, my Savior, my friend. Today, I say, be the center of everything. I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong, but I thank you that I'm forgiven. I'm a child of God. And all God's people said, Amen. Let's give Father a round of applause. So good.